Hey guys, welcome to Cut the Karma. I'm Jess. And I'm Julie. And we are two entrepreneurial sisters and mothers who are into spirituality. We're trying to do better and be better in our everyday lives, and we're sharing our journeys to inspire you to do the same. Hi, everyone. Hey, guys. So we are back with another episode, and this is actually the 10th rule of Dharma we're talking about today, which is absence of anger. Anger poisons our ability to lead our lives in a positive and powerful way. It sure does. Yeah, it does. I know for me, personally, I've been on a long journey of trying to filter anger out of my system. And um, I deal with things so differently now in my life than I would have, let's say, like in my early 20s, like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, it's it's really incredible because before we Jess and I pushed play, I we sat down to try to think like of a story when anger really got the best of us. Like when was a time in your life that you were so so angry? That and it's kind of like when you get to that point of anger, like you turn into someone else. In yes. A way. Yeah. I absolutely did. And I look back and I'm almost embarrassed over uh, the situation that I was in. But I do, I want to say, and I'll share it, but I want to say that at the time when I was very angry, I thought that I was fully just angry at this one, maybe two people. But the person I really was angry at was myself. So looking back as a healed person, I could tell that I was actually more angry at me. It was just coming out and I was pointing my fingers and blaming other people. Well, that kind of brings us to that other episode of, of Cut the Karma where um, you don't don't blame other people, don't point fingers at, fingers at other people, look within yourself. Yeah. Why, you know, how are you at this place? How did you get to be this angry? What happened? What are you either not acknowledging in your life or about yourself to put yourself in that situation? Yeah, like um, what is the why? Yeah, because really you agree with this, Julie, is like anger really is just the unhealed parts of you. Mm-hmm. It's like the emotions that come up around the unhealed parts of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel as though that anger really sits on top of sadness. Um, and I also feel as though th- there's an analogy here, and I hope that I can break it down the right way that of how it's floating in my head. But I, when I think of our emotions, I almost think of a pool and a pool like being totally filled up for the summertime and and kids are in it and they're splashing but there's this filtration system within the pool and that system is there to filter out the gunk the little you know um the bugs the bacteria just the gunk and it filters it out and it keeps the pool clean right and then 
we have leaves that may come up on top of the pool and then you take a skimmer and then you are the one that has to pay attention to the top of the pool. Well, our bodies are kind of like that. We have situations and people and things and emotions that are thrown at us all day long. And so they're inside of us. We're collecting, uh, you know, everyone else's energy and thoughts and uh, these situations, and it's splashing around in us. It's creating an uproar. And if we aren't paying attention to our inner filtration system, our pool our bodies and our emotions and our thoughts are going to be like a black sludgy pool by the end of the summer, you know? So we really have to sit there and pay attention to, we have to be our own filtration system, pay attention to it. And also if a little leaf comes in and falls down on us, Notice it, acknowledge it, pick it off, right? So it's we have to notice what's going on deep in us, but then also on the surface. And that is kind of like the best way that I'm getting this visual. I really feel like my guides have kind of plunk that in my head. But is that making sense? Yeah, I mean, I can visualize that. That's a really great analogy. I'm thinking like, So that the filtration system, right? Like that big piece of equipment that sits on the bottom of the pool and just kind of like, you know, does its thing in the bottom of the pool to keep the pool clean constantly. Is that kind of like our inner work? It's Mm -hmm. us understanding ourselves, us understanding our traumas and going through our heart. It's our heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going through all of that healing work, doing all that deep stuff. And then when a bug lands on the top, you know, surface of the water or a leaf or whatever, that's the tools that we need to apply to pick the bug off, to pick, to mm-hmm. skim the leaves off. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all about, I think, understanding yourself, where you came from, why you react certain ways, why you're triggered mm-hmm. and making those connections and being aware. That's why it's so important to just be aware of of you and where you come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, we are able to cleanse our energy every day through sage, through imagining the white light, by crying, by releasing, by exercising, yeah. by uh, meditating, by, you know, praying, journaling, all of that stuff is helping filtrate or push out, you know, emotions. But the things that really are stuck and and that your biggest filtration system in you is your heart because when you take that and you bring it to your heart you find compassion you find understanding forgiveness acceptance that's when you can really release it and so what's happening here with anger is that if our filtration system isn't working so well we haven't cleaned the filters we haven't paid attention to it if a leaf falls on top of us, a bomb will go off, yeah, right? right? And that is something that we really need to work on and become aware of. And I think that one of the biggest things that I'm so proud of with a lot of clients that I work through in, in life coaching is that they're becoming so self-aware. Yeah, And that is amazing. That's like the yeah. biggest step. That's like the biggest gift. Yeah. Is is self-awareness. Right. So um, 
I feel like anger is a very um, hard, I mean, for me personally, anger is a hard emotion to get to. Because just like you said, anger seems like it sits on top of sadness. It sits on top of a lot of different emotions, Mm -hmm. like frustration or loneliness or stress or uh, whatever. And anger is kind of like that straw that breaks the camel's back. Once you get to that point. Well, it's like something's thrown at it, right? Like, um, Like you're feeling all of these feelings and then a situation is thrown at it and then it alchemizes into anger it like ignites it right like anger is the gasoline like on the fire Mm -hmm. like you just can't take it anymore yeah you can't take it anymore yeah that's true but jess i feel as though that you so um in a psychic breakfast coming up i'm going to be doing highly sensitive people i am very much so a highly sensitive person we've known this for uh, since whole my whole entire life <laughs> but only 15 to 20 percent of people are highly sensitive and that means that we aren't able to filter out um uh, emotions thoughts situations details the feelings of the room you know all of that environmental stuff we're just on high alert and so i've felt anger from myself and other people like my whole life Mm. and jess is like i'm like numb to it you're just like a floating cloud i don't i don't understand but we're so different in that way like we're so uh, on complete polar opposites Mm -hmm. of the spectrum when it comes to that i think like feeling emotions you and i are just completely different Mm -hmm. um and that's just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong you know and uh so I want to share this story um, one time of when I just completely lost my cool. And I realized that I was angry at myself all along. Mm -hmm. So um, once upon a time, I was in a relationship for a while. And um, this person I had built my whole foundation around um, him and his family and friends and, you know, all of that. And I, there were so many parts of it that I loved, but uh, looking back, I appreciate this person as an individual, but I don't believe that we really were the best for each other. And um, I was uh, cheated on. And then I decided to give a second chance and then I found out that it had happened again and in like a very sneaky way and it was going on and I was working, I was in my young 20s, I was working in a fitness studio and it was in a shopping center and it was like, um, I don't know, on a Friday afternoon, so like beautiful day, Not like no one was in this fitness center because it was um private like you had to schedule a workout yeah I was the only person there and I had found out really bad news and when I talk about an uproar coming from your underbelly I mean it came from my root chakra (laughs) like the the feelings the breath the screaming the anger came from so deep within me 
And what I had realized now is that for so many years, I I was angry at myself for being in a situation that I knew I wasn't happy in. Right. Um, and I went nuts yeah. on this person on the phone. And I'm so surprised that the shopping center people, <laughs> like, like nothing happened because I... I've never been like that in my life. Like I mean, it was like, yeah, it was like a demonic uproar. And I was so, so angry, disgusted, heartbroken. I can't even tell you. But when I really, really think about it again, I think I was that way towards me. Yeah. Was he scared? No. Oh, <laughs> no. Then that makes it worse. Doesn't that make yeah, it worse? Yeah, I, I was just being hung up on, so I wasn't being right. heard. Yeah. And so then I'm shaking to the point where I can't even dial the number. Oh, man. Like throwing the phone. Or when the other person on the other line is like, well, what do you want me to say? I know. <laughs> That's what I got oh, in my similar situation. No. But that just makes you even more mad because you are... Because you're putting expectations on it. You're expecting them to react a certain way yeah. or to come back and respond a certain way, and they respond completely different. So then that just makes it even worse on your end. You get even more mad. Right. But, um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And and I do want to say, like, you know, it. Jess and I, I think it's hard for us on this podcast to talk about certain things in our past because – it involves other people, right? And, and that might still be involved in our lives today yeah, in, in ways. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm like to this day, I'm grateful for that relationship that I was in in that person. And I, and I will always find love in my heart for them. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to put it on blast and, you know, all that stuff. Right. I feel like there has to come with a sensor. But like I said, looking back, I got that angry from like going so deep within me to my root chakra and my sacral chakra because I didn't feel safe in the home that I was creating for myself. Right. I didn't feel safe in the relationships that I was creating for myself. Mm-hmm. I had that choice. Right. I had that choice. I wasn't being made to stay in any situation. Right. Yeah, and there's things, there's red flags and things that you overlook. Yeah. And you accept yep. or you turn a blind eye to. Yep. And, to, and, you know, the biggest thing, how could you do this to me? How could you do this to me? How could I do that to myself? Right. I I saw all the signs and and, and red yeah. flags. And, and that's so easy to look at it from that perspective, from the healed perspective, years out of mm-hmm. that situation. But when you're in it, it's really hard to take yourself out of the situation and look at it from a different perspective. Well, I also feel as though back then I was almost playing like, um, yes, I was playing the victim, but I, I was also thinking that I wasn't strong enough to rebuild a life for me. I was oh. thinking if this person is being taken away from me, so is the place that I live, so is my dog, so is my friendships, so is the relationship that I, with this person, right. you know, like, right. but um, I didn't take time to take a breath and say, Julie, you can do this. Right. You know, Julie, you are strong enough. And that person 
is obviously not happy either in the relationship. So free yourself. Right. right. Selves, you know? Yeah. Um, and also looking back, I realized that if you are with somebody who almost thrives off of fighting, it's because they grew up in a most likely, mm-hmm. most I can't say all the time, but what I've realized here is like most likely this person has grown up in an environment where they were used to seeing either their parents fight or siblings fight. Mm-hmm. So for some reason or abuse themselves or abuse themselves, their nervous system uh, finds familiarity in that mm-hmm. and if they don't have that around them, they get flared up and they think that something's wrong. Right. So they need that in their life. It's comfortable for them to be around the drama, yeah. to be around the arguing and maybe the just coming in and out of somebody's life. Like it, it does. It all stems from childhood. A lot of it does. And yeah. we didn't come from an angry household. I think we came from a household of being tired and stressed and overworked. I think that my parents definitely were going through that, but we never came from an angry household at all. And so that was very odd to me, you know, during the times where I would ever get into relationships with someone who needed the calming. But since I was an empath, I felt their need for both to be calmed and to be dysregulated but regulated for them to get flared up so I would give them what they wanted to feel better and here I was abandoning myself and that is um gosh I can relate to that so much because I feel like looking back even with with many of my relationships or people that I've dated it was always uh you know, just like emotional roller coasters, ups and downs and drama and this and that and horrible childhoods and family lives that most of those people came from. And then here was I, who was a people pleaser. Yeah. And I wanted to make them happy. I wanted to help them. I wanted to fix them. So I said yes all the time and abandoned myself and what I wanted to the point where I didn't even know who I was anymore or what I wanted out of life or even having an opinion on anything to pacify them and to make them comfortable. So I just went along on their drama-filled roller coaster ride with them when that just wasn't me. Mm-hmm. But I was a yes girl and a people pleaser and I abandoned myself. But I also think that you felt as though that you were a tool for that situation, which was to bring the calm, to bring the reason, to bring the uh, level-headedness, to help um, dilute the situation. Yeah. And that's not fair. No. Guys, if you feel as though that you are the one that's doing that, that's not fair to yourself. What's not fair to yourself is if, and actually, this goes into the honesty and truthfulness episode that we did um, where if you're abandoning any part of yourself or you're giving up any part of yourself of your wants and your needs for somebody else, that's not good. You're going to be angry at yourself yeah. eventually. Right. It, it cannot, it, it never ends up 
well. You cannot live your life for someone else. No. You can't. Nope. And the right person will live their life with you. Mm-hmm. How you want to live your life and who you are and, and all of that. They will come to you, meet you, and compliment you. And right. never ask for you to sacrifice any part of yourself for them. Right. Ever. Yeah. And that's been a hard lesson that I have learned. And I just learned that. Right. I, ju- I just learned it. Well, you have a lot of life to live still. I do. That's true. Some people don't ever learn that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that is just so sad. It is so sad. But I was talking to Julie earlier about um, the emotional wheel. Have you guys heard about the emotional wheel? Um, I just like found it out last year or something. I thought we talked about it on the podcast. Did we? I think so. I don't know. But if you guys didn't hear about it, I'm going to talk about it again really quick. Um, It's just a really good reference to have because, you know, we have a few emotions that we go to. If somebody says to you, how are you feeling today? You're like, oh, I'm I'm sad today or I'm happy or I'm excited or I'm sad or I'm angry. And we just have those few kind of key emotions when really there's like 10 other emotions underneath each of them. And to be able to look at the emotional wheel, you can get it on the internet, you can print it out and say, okay, like I'm actually feeling angry today. Well, what's beneath that? Like, let's let's kind of zone in a little more on on a different emotion. Are you lonely? Like, do you feel abandoned? Do you feel stressed? Like, what is underneath that anger? Because we just automatically go to like, oh, I'm angry instead of it being something else. Mm-hmm. Like, I've pulled the emotional wheel out many times with my kids. And it's so, it's fun for them because it's this beautiful, colorful wheel. But also for them to sit there and figure out like, okay, I'm not just angry. I'm you know, feeling this way, or I'm not really sad, I'm feeling this way. And for them to understand that there's so many more different types of emotions than just the top five in our lives. And that's been like a really great tool that I've used for myself and for my kids Mm -hmm. um, since it's always been my whole entire life a little harder for me to identify my feelings and to connect with my emotions. So that's been like a great tool for me, but there has been so many times with Jess and like, aren't you blah, blah, blah. Don't you feel this way? And you're like, no. no. And I'm like, are you there? Hello. And I'm like knocking on her and I'm like, I can feel the feeling for you. And you're like, well, I can't feel it. So <laughs> yeah, so Julie like definitely feels way deeper than I do. And there has been so many times where <laughs> Julie like wants me to like, to like engage with her I know. <laughs> like, in certain emotions. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't really know. I mean, it doesn't bother me and I don't really understand. Or and, even excitement sometimes, like yeah. both ways, like anyway. And it's just like, hello. I know. But I, th- I'm the si- highly sensitive person. But you need me. I do need you. I need, I need a buffer. You. Yeah. And, yeah. Know, so we balance each other out. Could really you imagine well. if we were both highly sensitive people? That wouldn't be good. We wouldn't get along. No, we, would, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be able to coexist <laughs> at all. I mean, not that, listen, I have some highly sensitive people in my life um, that, like, Mike's highly kind of. <laughs> parts of them are highly sensitive, but I do 
you know what though i feel as though that i with the highly sensitive people in my life i love them we get along we feel each other we're like yes amazing but then it's like i need to they retreat can't... back to my own little yeah. cave for a while because i'll just feel all of it right. so much and yeah. i i need to you know separate a little bit but you know it's it's hereditary oh interesting mm -hmm. yeah Huh. Oh, we were saying how we think dad's highly yeah. sensitive. And ever since I texted you that, I have figured out so many other reasons more. Well, why? When you texted me that and I read all the reasons why you think he's highly sensitive, I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much There's sense. There's like yes, 30 that makes more. So, much sense. I, so that's very interesting. Yeah. Very crazy. So, <laughs> anyway, we're off on a tangent. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We will be back next week with a smaller podcast just to kind of catch you guys up on our thoughts and feelings about everything going on with gut the karma yep we'll talk to you then all right bye, bye.